everyone. My name is Marie Adaranti, and I am the host of a podcast called Paranormal. On my podcast, I tell you about ghostly experiences I've had, and I let a guest come on the show and tell you some of theirs as well. So if you want to hear about the time I saw a full-bodied apparition standing at the end of my bed, or about the time that my friend was tormented by a demon, or even want to hear some of the spooky paranormal experiences that we've picked up on recordings, tune in to Paranormal. Welcome to the Golden Ghouls podcast. We're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily. We're back for episode 11, and it's time to get spooky. Here we are. Wow, 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 wow. Lucky number 11. That's mine. Oh. So today, we're going to be talking about haunted objects. Did so, didn't somebody request this? They were like, hey, you guys should do this. Uh, it's hard to say. I'm pretty sure, Possibly. Yes. I'm pretty maybe. sure, yeah. But if we're going to start this off, we got to start it off strong. Um, yeah, obviously. Is there any other way? True. I mean, what's true, true. spookier than an object that's haunted? <laughs> <laughs> Just any old object. This freaking table creeping me out right now. <laughs> You never know. You never know. There's probably some phobia. I think I had a cursed object. (gasps) What? So one time, Steve had this weird little owl figurine, and it had come from, like, World Market or something, so it wasn't anything old, Mm -hmm. but he gave it to me because I used to be obsessed with owls, and I left it in the trunk of my car forever because whatever, and (laughs) I kept getting in car accidents. Oh my god, you're right. What? And then, after my last car accident, I finally, like, I think the owl's finally gone. I haven't gone in a car accident since. Oh. What? My God. I think I've had some haunted outfits. (laughs) (laughs) I've had some of those, too. (laughs) That have taken Uh, me out on some pretty terrible dates. Absolutely. Oh, no. Yeah. And I don't wear them anymore. I'm like, it's the outfit. It's the bad luck. It's the bad luck romper. Hell no. It's bad luck for your credit card because then you gotta just go buy a new one. Yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. I'm not lying though. I really had suspicions about a bracelet one time. I was like, every time I wear the same bracelet, I get in fights with my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Toss that shit out. So I didn't wear it anymore. And now you guys are married. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But yeah, objects. My goodness, what's our first one? Robert the doll. Ew, a doll. He's very famous for his I don't tricks. Know about Robert? He's ugly. Oh, ugly AF and really? haunted. No offense, Robert. Sorry, Robert. Apparently, Chucky was based on him. Oh, Rumor shut has up. it. Rumor has so it. does he look like Chucky? No. What does he look like? You have he, to describe. He's pretty large. He's like the size of a toddler, so not what? your average doll size. And he's filled with wool, like his body, but then he has like a wooden head. And I think he was made like in the early 1900s. Is he in like a sailor's outfit or something? He is, he's yeah. in something. He's wearing a sailor's he's a outfit sailor. with a hat. Yeah, yeah, Emily's like, I'm interested. Go on. Keeps on He's body. a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Timothy Chalmay. 
But he had... His face was painted on, so over the years the paint has come off. So now he just has eye holes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so scary. Ew, okay, who owned this little boy and why? He was first owned by a Floridian artist named Robert Eugene Otto. So we'll call him Gene. That was his nickname growing Mm -hmm. up. So he was known as an eccentric Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, classic. And he was from a very rich, well-known family in Key West. Same. Living the life, (laughs) right? So, Robert the doll was reportedly gifted to Robert the boy. We'll we'll call him Gene. Right. Um, It was given to him as a birthday gift from his grandfather, possibly also named Robert. We don't know. Good God. We don't know. (laughs) Uh, When Grandpa was in Germany in Mm. 1904. And the doll was made by Steiff Company, and that's the company that created... The gosh darn teddy bear. Oh, can wow. you barely leave it? <laughs> oh, oh, Kylie. Ah. <sighs> but that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it was. That's like a. That's like. A, that's a fancy gift. Yeah. We'll post a photo on Instagram of Robert the doll because yeah, he's wearing the sailor sh- suit, the original outfit with the hat. Oh, he had several outfits. No, just well. Uh. Okay, but yeah, it's like, that's what he's always worn. Yeah. yeah. And his face <laughs> is very concerning. It's very spooky looking. So, the story of Gene. He grew up, he went to prestigious art schools in New York City and Paris. Hmm. All the while, Robert the Doll was in storage back in the Key West home at his childhood house on East Street. Hmm. So I feel like maybe Robert the Doll was a little... He was fuming. Yeah, a little pissed off, because he, he should have gone to Paris. My childhood doll is in my bed right now. That's... I don't know. All right. We... All right. <laughs> she is the only one with a man, so maybe... <laughs> <laughs> the secret's in the doll. <sighs> anyway, according to robertthedoll.org, which is now the homepage of all of my browsers... <laughs> Robert the doll has supernatural abilities that allow him to move. His facial expressions, when he had them, <laughs> would change, and he would laugh. You could hear him cackling. Ew. What? Wait, who? Okay, how? who saw these facial expressions? People who owned the... Like Jean? I'm not sure. I don't think Jean ever reported it. Oh, it was once okay. Jean died. But I'll get to that. Oh. So, according to robertthedoll.org, as well as... Legends. Uh-huh. They speculate that voodoo played a part in Jean's formative years. Maybe Key West, you know? Yeah, yeah, it would make sense. And those who were interviewed, who were close to the family, they say that there was a great deal of emotional energy that was placed upon the doll during Jean's lifetime. I'm not really sure what that entails, but it sounds spooky AF. What kind of emotional energy was Gene? Kids go through a lot. Yeah. I don't know. It was said that young Gene, he would do naughty things, and then he would shift the blame onto the doll. Oh, for He'd sure. He'd like point to the doll okay. and be like, I didn't do it. Robert did it. Which... Maybe Robert did do it, though. You're right. <laughs> it's spooky. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. So Jean grew up, he got married, and then he died in 1974. Rip. Yep. And his home was sold to a nice lady named Myrtle. And she became Robert the Doll's companion 
and she kept him when she moved to Von Fister Street six years later. Huh. However, in 1994, she ended up donating Robert to Fort East Martello Museum, claiming that he would move around her house on his own, <gasps> and he was haunted. And who better than Myrtle to know this, because she, you know, hung out with him for so long. What, 30 years? Well, 20, almost 30 years. Oh my gosh. And Myrtle died a few years later, but Robert remained wild and crazy. Well, where is he now? He is at the Fort East Martello Museum, and although he was not initially on display, he started receiving visitors as word spread about his new residence and that he was <laughs> a haunted uh-huh. a haunted object. Uh-huh. And once he was put on exhibit... Cameras and electronic devices started malfunctioning in his presence. Of course they did. And then, guys, get this. What? (laughs) Letters started arriving addressed to Robert the Doll, offering apologies for disrespectful behavior or asking forgiveness. And they don't Uh, know who the letters are from. Aren't you supposed to ask him before you take a photo? And if you don't ask him... Something bad will happen. Yeah. I don't know how you know whether or not he says yes or no. Can but. I look at his photo? Is that okay? Yes, okay. yes. You can look at his photo. You just can't take a photo of him, I think. Oh, gosh. One time, a plumber heard giggling and turned to find Robert the doll he, that he had moved across the room. No. On his own. Isn't he in a case? He is now. This is before he oh. Oh, him. God. <laughs> encapsulated him. And then a Solaris Hill reporter back in the day, uh, Malcolm Ross, he visited Robert one time. And this is a quote from him after he met Robert. He said, It was like a metal bar running down my back. At first, when we walked through through the door, the look on Robert's face was like a little boy being punished. It was as if he was asking himself, Who are these people in my room? And what are they going to do to me? Oh. God, Robert, nothing. <laughs> Relax. I know, I know. <laughs> so the reporter, his, the reporter's friends told him Robert's story and pointed out the children's furniture. And it was at this point that Malcolm noticed a change in the doll's expression as if he was following the conversation. One of the men made a comment about what an old fool Jean must have been. Robert's expression turned to one of disdain. <gasps> oh. Another like, quote. Not my homie, Jean. <laughs> <laughs> my, my first mate. <laughs> my first mate. <laughs> uh, another quote was, there was some kind of intelligence there. The doll was listening to us. So you can go visit him, but I don't know if I would I don't think I it. want to. What if he's like that movie, The Boy? That <laughs> oh <my laughs> Have you gosh. seen that movie, The Boy? No. Kylie watched this and I watched it, it and I <laughs> just watched that movie. There is a plot twist. There's a plot twist if I've ever seen what? one, but it's about a what doll. It? Yeah, it's about a doll? Yeah. Is it a horror movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh okay. It's called yeah. The Boy. It's the called boy. The Boy. Netflix? I recommend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, just... it's a weird one. It is. Yeah, you guys got me thinking several questions. You have to watch I it. I have no idea. But what if, okay, for anyone who has seen that movie, what if that's what is really going on with Robert? Well, guys, oh, I want to know. After you watch the movie, uh, tell us. Uh, I, 
what uh, you we'll think. Check. We'll I, check. I have so much to watch later tonight. You do. All of it tonight. You do. Well, I have The Housewives, Teen Mom. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> She's got it all. I've got this new show called 100% Hotter that I'm going to dive right uh, back into. She does love it. Yeah. It's a makeover show. It's British. Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of little boys. We love them. <laughs> Good Lord. Um... I have a haunted painting featuring a little boy. Eee, creepy. Yeah. So the painting itself is called The Hands Resist Him. Love hands. And it's of a little boy and a doll, a little girl doll, and they're standing in front of this, like, glass door. The doll has a battery in her hands, which... Triple A. There's, there's a whole explanation behind the painting. Okay, I'm going to need to know, because why? It was a metaphor for his childhood. He had been adopted. So there's there's this whole thing, the so artist. So she needs batteries? The battery... It's just an acidic childhood. I think I was lost on the battery. But, so the doll has this battery in her hand, and then behind them, so there's this glass door behind them, it's like pitch black, and then there are these little hands creeping up towards the boy Ew. behind the glass. Yeah. So it's very strange, but I've always been intrigued by this painting because it's it's weird, it's and now creepy. we know. Mm-hmm. Haunted. You love spooky. So yeah. the painting itself has an ordinary enough beginning. It was painted in 1972 by the artist William Stoneham. He was on contract to produce two paintings for a total of $200 each. Wow, when was this? And he did 1972. Two, yeah, so okay. he was supposed okay. to do two per month for oh. $200 each. Okay, I feel like that's a low number. I'm like, dude. Yeah, I agree. Painting's I don't know, it's hard. Yeah, but anyway. Oh. So, in 1974... The Hands Resist Him was put on display at the Fine Garden Gallery in Beverly Hills, California. Yeah, living large. Yep. So, off there. Watch out. Yeah, so it ended up being reviewed by an art critic for the Los Angeles Times. His name is Henry Seldes. And then it was purchased by the actor John Marley, who most people know him as the actor who woke up next to the horse's head in The Godfather. <gasps> so he owned this painting. He did? What a sick man. Yeah. <laughs> he loved so, the horse scene. He was like, yeah, guys, let's do this. So a few Thank years you. later, the painting gets sold. Soon after, the art critic dies. Huh? Then the gallery owner dies. Oh, no. What? And then... John Marley dies. Oh, God. So the painting disappears. It doesn't surface again until 2000. John Marley died in 1984, and people don't see this painting again. So it was just like probably like in his house, maybe? No, someone purchased it from that. Oh. I'm. The timeline was all weird. Right. But yeah. But the ones who had it died. Yes, the people who had it all all perished. Wow. Mm -hmm. So then in 2000 comes this bizarre posting on eBay with the painting. The new owners are trying to sell it because they say it's haunted. So the auction included a waiver that absolved them from any and all liability after the painting was sold and any dangers that may follow it. This is what the posting said. Warning, in all caps. (laughs) Do not bid on this painting if you are susceptible to stress-related disease or if you are faint of heart or are unfamiliar with supernatural events. It us. 
Yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> By bidding on this painting, you agree to release the owners of all liability in relation to the sale or any events happening after the sale that might be contributed to this painting. This painting may or may not possess supernatural powers that could impact or change huh. your life. Uh-uh. However, by bidding, you agree to exclusively bid on the value of the artwork with disregard to the last two photos featured in the auction and hold the owners harmless in regard to them and their impact expressed or implied. So it's very serious. I feel like I could find so, holes in that somewhere to sell. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you would. So the listing itself, I think, had a photo of the painting, and then it had two photos from this. They took video of it, and, and there were some weird things happening. Yeah, Yay. so the couple whose home it was in claimed that the boy and the doll in the photo, or in the painting, would fight with each other during the night, and their little their daughter, who was four years old, <laughs> was terrified of it. Of I'm course. terrified yeah. right now. So they ended up setting up a motion sensing sensing. Why can't I say motion sensing camera? Motion sensing. Camera. I said it right the first time, and then I, I got caught. It's, That's it's so a tongue twister. Motion sensing camera. <laughs> so they set up this motion sensing camera in the room for three nights. And they saw what they think was the little boy leaving the frame, coming into the room, and fleeing the doll in terror. No, no, no. No, thank you. The (laughs) painting also seemed to change color, like moody, like reds, or then it would be blues. So there was something weird going on. And the battery in the doll's hand looked like it turned into a weapon. But from the from my point of view, it honestly looks like so. This door has panes in it, and to me, the battery is like right next to one of the panes, and it looks like when it's very dimly lit, it looks like she's got a gun in her hand. Assault and battery. Yeah. So I think that it's maybe playing tricks on the eyes, the gun part. Possibly. Although I didn't see the other stuff, so who am I to say? I'm terrified. But yeah. So, anyway, ultimately more than 30,000 people visited this auction page on eBay. Many reported that just looking at the painting made them feel ill or upset immediately. Um, It ultimately sold for $1,025 to a buyer in Michigan who is reportedly keeping it in storage and refusing much, much bigger offers to buy it. Why? I mean, I would. Who Somebody's gonna buyer? be a fool. It's me. Somebody. Well, somebody's gonna be a fool. Did they say like what the hands were for that painting? Like why they were so, there? The hands were something to do with the artist's past. Uh, so, because he was adopted, like all the he kids was, he could have been. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, so, gra- I'm reaching at something. You are. <laughs> You're reaching for sure. But listen, let's stay on L.A., huh? And okay. actors. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was so into the Hollywood thing last You last are time. Hollywood. I w- if you see me like that, I'll take it. <laughs> I do, because when we were talking about haunted objects, I knew that Emily was going to go for this one. We both I, knew. I can't. I, I mean, I couldn't help myself because it's Hollywood. But also, I've had a crush on this man for for years. Who hasn't, for really? Years. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Mr. James Dean. Oh. Mr. Jimmy Dean, you guys. I James. know he's been dead a long, long time. <laughs> but I've recognized him in my dreams. <gasps> I know that someday... Was he someday, black and white in your dream? No, it was like real. It was like a rebel without a cause. Uh-huh. You know, red shirt. You know, yeah. jeans. 
perfect hair. So when I perish, like, we will be together. That's your man. She's yeah. got a lot of men in the afterlife. I know. You're like, have I have some time. here uh-huh. for, like, <laughs> to party with right now. But Until, once I'm yeah. done, James and I are, you know, we can't be I'm separated. I'm excited for the wedding. Yeah, it's going to be far out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, James Dean, he's got a haunted object that's related to him. I have no idea. Mm. I've heard this tale, and it's a spooky one. Yeah. His, uh, his car, the little bastard. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> this is actually very interesting how, how he died, because we all know he died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And he was in his Porsche 550 Spider. This is the car that's supposedly haunted. But what's crazy is, like, a week before it happened, well, several things happened, but, like, a week before he made this PSA after filming the film Giant, which was his last film he was ever in, Uh, he made a PSA about everybody needs to buckle up and say, stay safe. The irony. The irony Honestly, shit is weird out there in the universe. But also, he was was doomed from the start because he was in a haunted car. Yeah. What are you so, going to do, you know? September 23rd, 1955, our Jimmy Dean bought this Porsche 550 Spider and wanted to pimp it out and get it ready for this grand race that was in Salinas, California. Yep. The people, they loved to, like, race cars back then in the streets. Oh, they did. Like, even in my dad's decade... In the 70s, they were racing cars in the streets. Mm-hmm. It's not a, is it a thing anymore? I mean, Tokyo Drift. Oh, gosh, she's right. Kylie There's, loves Tokyo So Drift. many people love, like, Fast and Furious. What am I not talking about, Tokyo Honestly, Drift? I don't know, because I've heard it come out of your mouth so many times. <laughs> but, like, people do love car, like, races, and, like, but I don't Those know. WRXs just flying down the highway. <laughs> See, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what is a WRX? Those spoilers. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, <laughs> it's a popular thing. I don't get a high from it, but a lot of people do. They do. <laughs> and James was one of those people that loved a good race, and he loved to participate And he bought this Porsche for that exact purpose. So he pimped it out. He got a little number painted on the side, on the hood, 130. Pimp my ride. Named it the Little Bastard. Honestly, I don't know why, but he is a little bastard. He wasn't married to the mother. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) He uh, painted the Little Bastard under the emblem on the engine. On that day, after he was getting it detailed... Or before, probably, he dropped it off to get it detailed. Mm-hmm. He had taken it to um, to see his friend Alec Guinness for, um, for... Showing it off. You know, for lunch, dinner. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what. They <laughs> went to hanging. They went to go eat. Just two friends hanging. But at that point, Alec apparently looked at the car and then said to Jimmy, don't get in that car. If you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week. Alec. According to Alec, that's what he said, and Jimmy just laughed. And mm. let me tell you guys, Why a week Alec later, premonition. He just said he saw the car, and that's what he he felt. That it just came James out. James was a little reckless, a little fun. He, he was. Knew. Wild. He was. 
And if mm. you see the car, it, it looks like, I mean, if you're driving it fast, it could be a death trap. Like a death trap. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's like a little it's tiny, tiny car thing that looks that like the wind's going to just take it and up and smush toss it. it. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, you'll, you'll see. A week later, Jimmy and his good friend Rolf Witherich... Some German name. That sounds name. good to it's me. It's a German name. But he was factory trained in uh, Porsche mechanics, so he Same. wanted to take him with him to the race in Salinas, and the little bastard needed some revving up, so they were like, we'll drive her, you know, we'll drive her all the way there, get her going. Um, and so they're on the road, on their way, driving through Paso Robles. Yeah. <laughs> at around 5.15 p.m., Half an hour later, so I'm 545. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good job. Math. Thank you. A 1954 Tudor Coupe was headed east on 466 and took a fatal left turn into James's. Oh my gosh. Little bastard. Crazy. It was a 23 year old student, <sighs> Donald Turnupseed. If he just had oh, a P, yeah. that would be pretty cool. It'd be like turn up speed, you know. <laughs> but it's not. But he it's not. Have, he was turning up. He should not have. Right. Yeah, he should have not turned up speed. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so, anyways, turn up speed. <laughs> he took that left. Reliable. And James tried to get out of the way. He couldn't do it. He was going about eighty-five miles per hour. And Foolish. it just smushed the car. So at about six twenty, Dean was announced dead. Uh. It was. It's so sad for me. Like I used to hold like a little like ceremony. Oh, and then when I was in high school, one of my favorite boyfriends broke up with me on James Dean's death anniversary, and I was like, "This How is rude. a sign." That's rude. I don't think he knew though, but I was like, "I knew." <laughs> He's trash anyway. So right. <laughs> Anyways, so so sad. Dean died. The car was kind of left in pieces. So yeah. it was sold in an auction to George Barris, who started to sell the parts to his homies. Uh, because rude. what else? Well, what else are you gonna do? It's like trash, you know. Yeah, but it's got it's good totaled. parts. Yeah. It was new, you know. Yeah. So he sold some parts to Troy McHenry and William. Eshred. Both used the parts to build their own race cars. McHenry, a couple weeks later, lost control and slammed into a tree and died on impact with Jeez. the part from Jim's <laughs> car in his race car. With the part. <laughs> Eshred, or Eshred, oh, yeah, something like that. He also made a new car. With his part from the little bastard. I'm glad we don't know the exact parts because even then I wouldn't. I could have told you, but I just felt like it wasn't that important. Yeah. You know? Um, he was driving and the wheels locked up and sent the car rolling. He didn't die though, thank goodness, but he was very seriously injured. The tires that George sold from the little bastard to a, another person they exploded simultaneously when he was driving down the street so this car 
is effed up. Like, it's all sorts of cursed. It's legitimately It's literally cursed. trying to kill people. Yeah. So Alec Guinness was on to something when he looked at it and was like, no, that car's going to kill you. I mean, yeah. at first I was thinking maybe these people were just bad mechanics and they didn't know what they were doing right. when they were putting these parts in No, the but cars. listen to but this. how are these tires exploding? Exactly, and listen to this. Barris, after all of this happened, he was like, I want the rest of it hidden. Like, the shell yeah. of the car. He was like, I want it gone. Like, nobody should be around it. This is the crazy part. Right. And so he wanted it hidden, but the California Highway Patrol really wanted that shell that was all smushed up they wanted it in, the, in their exhibit for highway safety. No. Yeah. And they decided they were going to get it, so they sent a transporter out to get the little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and as he was transporting it, he was driving the truck with it in. Somehow, he crashed the truck, and somehow the, the, the shell got out and fell on top of him. And he died. What? And that's how they found him. With the shell on top of him dead, which is crazy. Like, how did, did that happen? It's crazy. So, there's uh, apparently two more times they tried to transport it. <laughs> and both trucks were... Unsuccessful. Unsuccessful, yeah. That it is... was just, like, something, stuff happened both times where they couldn't get it to the place it needed to be. So, Barris... Um, so Barris was like, just give it back. To, we're going to take it back to me because that's who originally had it before they were trying to transport it for an exhibit. And as they were trying to return it to George, it mysteriously vanished. What? Along with the truck that was in transportation. with it. It ended up in an exhibit, though, at one point. The exhibit itself caught fire. Oh, I really? Think. Yes. I didn't read that. Yeah. But yeah, so it's so today we don't know where it is. It's cursed. I mean, somebody could have it. Somebody might have stolen, you know, the truck or whatever. But they're probably dead now. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. How insane. That car wanted everybody gone. That reminds me of the Bassano vase. Have you guys heard of that? Oh my gosh, does that kill people too? (laughs) Yes. It's cursed. Why is everything trying to kill everybody? I don't know. And who's doing it to these objects? You know? I don't know. But the Bassano vase... It's Italian. Mm. It's old AF. It's a silver vase, so it's like very fancy, very pretty. I think that there's etching in it. But it was made in the 15th century, so the actual legend behind it, it's, it's a bit tough to figure out. Mm. But according to the legends, as well as darkhauntings.wordpress.com. Uh, she's, so <laughs> she's so good about that, you know? We got a sauce. We mm-hmm. got a sauce. Uh, the vase was made for an Italian bride as a wedding gift in a northern village close to Napoli. <gasps> I know. You love it. I know. <laughs> Never been, but oh, beautiful. <laughs> so on her wedding night, the new bride, she was missing. They were like, where the heck what? is she? Like, it's time to get married. Yeah. Where is she? Mama mia. They thought maybe she was having second thoughts. Mm-hmm. But they found her in her room, lying on the floor dying what? and she was clutching the vase and just before she died she promised to return and seek her vengeance and her family's like what wait she was she was like clutching the vase like i'm dying like i will come back and get yeah. you all as if what? maybe she was maybe something was taken something was in her, her. Yeah. 
Something was transported from the vase into her. I don't know. Oof. I don't know. But after her passing, the vase was handed down from family member to family member, and they all died of mysterious circumstances. Uh, did anybody catch the deaths? Were they all like, I'm going to get you all? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I can't tell you. But eventually, the vase was boxed and hidden away from sight in a secret location. They were like, okay, we've had enough yeah. of this killer vase. Like everybody else. They're like, get from this, outer space. these yeah. shit like, objects exactly. out of us. Exactly. But it's like, how many deaths does it take, though? Because these things keep killing everybody. And it's right. like, yeah, there's a... There's a lot of pause. Yeah. Like, you don't want to believe that it's an object's fault, but come on. I, that's why I don't... Do you want That's why it? I do not buy stuff from estate sales, you know? Yeah. You never freaking know. <laughs> Kylie wants to be haunted, I think. I do. I mean... So the history as to who hid the vase is unknown. But some people say it was buried on sacred ground by a priest. Hmm. Others say it just simply disappeared, only to be rediscovered in 1988. <gasps> Pretty recent. What? Mm-hmm. So, according to legend, a piece of parchment paper was inside the vase with a message saying, beware, this vase brings death. Huh. And the warning was discarded, and the vase was quickly sold off at an auction selling for four million lira, which I'm not sure how much that is in Sounds like USD, a lot. but... It sounds pricey. <laughs> but its reign of death continued. Hmm. Despite the warning. Why did you buy it for four right? million lira? They probably didn't tell them. <laughs> what is that? What? Where's that money from? I'm guessing Italy? I don't know. Oh. Something we should know, but we don't. Mm. Uh, the buyer was a local pharmacist, and he owned the vase up until he died mysteriously just three months later of an unknown infection. And this is a pharmacist, people. Yeah, he could have like, cured himself. You should know what's going on. Right. So then that family decided to sell the vase. Uh, but by then it had the reputation of being haunted and having bad luck. So they were unable to get it back um, for the same price. But they still managed to sell it. But they had uh. lost a lot of money. So this time it took only one month before the curse of the vase took another owner's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by this time, the townsfolk believed in the curse, so they tossed the vase out the window. Uh, Whoever had it, they tossed out the window. Okay, good good call, man. Jumanji style. <laughs> like, what? But it almost hit a policeman on the head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who fined the person with disorderly conduct. And gave him back the vase. <laughs> <laughs> and the owner of the haunted vase refused... He took the ticket, but yeah. he refused to take the vase. Obviously. He's like, and dude, I threw that. He was like, arrest me instead. Like, I will take this <laughs> fine, but I will not take this vase. And the police officer was like, okay, well, we're going to have to arrest you for some reason. And he was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Which Just is leave the vase there. Yeah. So then the vase was... The uh, police station had it. Like, So the police officer tried to <laughs> give the vase to like several different museums... And they all refused to take it because of the curse, you know. By right. this time, they they had heard of it. Italians are smart. The, I know. And so, to date, several newspapers have reported that the local police had once again buried the vase in an undisclosed location. Though, some say it was put in a lead coffin and locked and buried on the grounds of an ancient cemetery. Hmm. Wow. Why not? Destroy that. 
Y'all, Dang, the what? lira was Italian currency that is Back obsolete. Back in the day. It, <laughs> four million is not that much. Oh. It's $2,413.72 in U.S. dollars. Oh, well, you know what? So that's a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've bought, Italian. I've bought a few things in my day that cost more than that. Well, speaking of Italians, can I tell you about Rudy Rudolph Valentino? Yes, yes. yes. And his freaking this. ring. It's a little, his friggin' ring. It's his a little quick one, ring. but it's crazy. <laughs> so we all know Rudy Rudolph. I'm going to call him Rudy because that's what his friends called him, and I feel like I would have totally been his friend. friend. Yeah. He's exactly. in all those silent movies. What a stud. Apparently he had a large penis. We don't <gasps> know. Emily. Oh. I don't know. She's going to hook up with him in the afterlife, I don't know. too. Women loved him. He didn't love it that they always, like, you know, painted him out to be the perfect man. But he was. Oh, I'm sure that was so horrible for him. <laughs> he thought so. It's so hard to be it's the perfect so hard man. To be it actually is because so there's handsome. not one. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they would have. Yeah. Anyways. So, silent film star Rudolph Valentino. In the 1920s, he was a big freaking hit. Yeah. He was on his rise in Hollywood, and decided he wanted to purchase himself a fancy little present. He bought himself a ring Ugh. with a nice little um, gemstone that was, like, in the middle of it. Ooh. Very fancy. Lavish. It was expensive. Um, the people that sold it to him were kind of like, it's a little sketchy, but he was... He wanted he it. He wanted it. He was sold. Same. A he good, got what he wanted. Yeah. yeah you treat know, yourself. Yeah. He got what he wanted. <laughs> a good friend looked at the ring at one point, like, probably the day he got it. And had a vision of Rudy's corpse. Ew. Which, was, which is weird. And so that happened, but they ignored it. But almost immediately after he bought the ring and his friend saw that, his career started to In get declined. Right. At the time, if you know about Rudy, he was going through it with like relationships mentally he was he was saying things like I don't want to be everybody's perfect man he wanted to do something else <laughs> well and so, he got it right and so he yeah. really was trying to do like artistic things that weren't going to work because that's not how people saw him so while doing this he was wearing the ring and his career declined as well as his health <gasps> his mental state started to go and in 1926, at 31, he passed away of an infection from treating bleeding ulcers. Oh. Yeah. So crazy. Was so he when, wearing the ring? He was. was. Oh, my God. He was wearing the ring. So, but he was divorced from his first wife. Um, I can't remember her name. It might be like Shalom or something. Shalom. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Look it up. Because there's a picture with him and his first wife, and he's wearing the ring if you want to see it. Okay. And so you can see it there. But once he died, the ring was passed to his um, little mistress hookup buddy. No. Paolo. Emily Alston. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yeah, totally. I would be the Hollywood vamp. <laughs> she was um, a... You know, a star in her own right. She was sexy, silent film actress, Paolo Negri. And she um, had a little affair with Mr. Rudy before he died. And so the ring was given to her. As soon as it was given to her, you guys, her career went down the tubes. Again, this was in the time where things were starting to change for film and Mm -hmm. everything. So it's hard to say that was it. Mm -hmm. 
but her career came to an, to an abrupt end, and she had the ring the whole time. Eventually met this man named Russ Colombo, who reminded her of Rudy, and so she gave the ring to him. Not long after that, dead. He was shot. Ripped. Killed. Murdered. Had the ring on the whole time. Oh my god. So, that's when they got got the ring. I'm sure it went into, like, sale and auction, you know? It's a pretty important ring. Owned by famous stars. So, Joe Casino purchased it. And, um, he... Oh, no, he was a friend of Russ. Oh. Joe West. Joe Casino. That's how he got the ring. So, he was a friend. And he originally put it in a glass case, but eventually decided, it's too tempting. I have to wear it. He wanted to take it out for a spin. He had to. Like little I mean, bastard. It's super... Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, it was such a fancy ring, you know? Pinky, pinky rings were all the, the rage at the time. It meant you were a man. You know? So a week later, uh, after putting on the ring, he gets hit by a truck. Oh my god. Dies. Casino's brother, Dell, then inherits the ring, and he's like, uh-uh, I'm keeping this shit in a safe, I know the story, I'm not, deal- I'm not dealing with this. But this guy named James Willis decides to rob Dell's place at the time he inherits the ring. Uh, he steals the ring. And before escaping, is shot dead by cops. Ring oh in pocket. <gasps> Crazy. Last but not least, director Edward Small, the final dummy. <laughs> the final dummy. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he convinces Casino, because it obviously goes back to Casino, and he puts it back in the glass box once, you know, the rob went south. Director Edward Small wants the ring because he wants to make a movie about Valentino. So he hires an actor, Jake Dunn, gets the ring from Casino, and has Jake Dunn portray, has Jake Dunn wear the ring to portray Rudy. Um, two weeks after he first wears the ring, dies of blood disease. Good God. Yep. Fucking dogs. So finally, they were like, okay, we have to stop being idiots. This is a cursed ring. They said it from the freaking beginning. Valentino Mm -hmm. was a dummy. His girl was a dummy. Her friend was a dummy. (laughs) Like, we got to stop. And so they were like, put that ring in a vault. And now it sits in an LA bank somewhere where no one wants to touch it. Don't touch it. No. Kylie will touch it. Kylie's going to try to find it and touch it. I'm going to find that vault. But Rudy, Rudy, like, still haunts everywhere, and some say he's so present around us because he's trying to find the ring to destroy it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a good man. Thanks, Russ. <laughs> well, yeah, Russ. Yeah, Russ was one of the guys who died. He looked like Rudy. One in a string. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one in the chain of dummies. One in the chain of dum-dums. Have you guys heard of the Dibbuk box? Oh, we've heard of it. Dibbuk. Dibbuk? So it's apparently like a... It says it's a wine cabinet, but it's just like a small box. And it's it's said to be haunted by a malicious spirit that's Mm. able to haunt people, and it can cause bad things to happen, and it can even possess the living. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And have you guys heard of the movie The Possession... No. Who's in it? Apparently it's, I don't know, it's, I haven't even seen it. Oh, jeez. But it's based on a horror story written by Kevin Manis, 
um, who actually coined the name Dybbuk Box, and so this is what happened. Manis, he's mm-hmm. a writer, mm-hmm. and he's a creative professional by trade, so he loves going antiquing, mm-hmm. he owned a small antiques shop and furniture place um, in Portland, and I think this is around like 2000, early 2000s. So according to his story, he bought a box at an estate sale in 2003, and it had... See? Estate sale. What did I mm-hmm. freaking say? I know. Watch out. You're never wrong. And it had belonged to a survivor of the Holocaust in Poland um, by someone uh, named Havila. And this person had escaped to Spain and purchased the box there before her immigration to the United States. So her granddaughter told Manis that the box had been bought in Spain. And then upon hearing that the box is a family heirloom, Manis, being a freak like us, was like, oh, I'll take it. Oh, um, this is an heirloom, you ass. Well, no, she was like, we don't want it. Oh. <laughs> She's like, it gives us creepy vibes, and I think a dybbuk or a spirit is inside of it. So oh, she was, said she said yeah. that. Yeah, so he was like, all right, perfect. Right. So he, upon opening the box, he said that he found two 1920s pennies, a lock of blonde hair bound with cord, huh. and also a lock of... Dark brown hair, also bound with cord, and a small statue engraved with shalom, which is weird <laughs> that we were just shalom. saying shalom. Uh, a small golden wine goblet and one dried rosebud and a single candle holder with four octopus-shaped legs. So I don't know about you guys, but this What kind of weirdo <laughs> was stacking this stuff up in a box? <laughs> <laughs> Prized possession. And who's hair? Oh, who's that hair? is the weirdest thing who's to hair? me. Like, who in here has blonde hair? Uh, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Hit me. Hey, there's dark brown as well. <laughs> I mean, Emily. Hey, that was in 2014. <laughs> this babe's light brown. <laughs> so, the box can be used to trigger paranormal activity. So, if you've ever seen the show. Paranormal Lockdown. <gasps> I haven't. The hosts went to a mansion in Illinois one time, and they had they had brought a Dybbuk box. There, are there several Dybbuk boxes? Yes. There, it's yes. like a Hebrew, or it's like a Jewish... Um, Hebrew, Dybbuk is something in Hebrew, right? Um, yes. And it's like a, a, a Jewish wine cabinet, I think. Oh. I think you said it was a wine cabinet. But, but apparently the, how many of them How can that wine... I feel like I saw the picture and it was so small. Maybe it's just one, two bottles. I don't like know. Like miniature bottles? Small bottles. <laughs> <laughs> but Manus, so in his story, he wrote that he had experienced a series of horrific nightmares that were very similar to other people who were in possession of a Dybbuk box, which is bizarre. And then his mom suffered a stroke on the same day that he gave her the box as a present on October 28th. No. Mm-hmm. And then every owner of the box since then has reported that it smells of, you could either say jasmine flowers or cat urine, which I guess there's a fine line, depending <laughs> on your yeah. cat. Yeah. <laughs> and nightmares involving an old hag accompanying the box. So perhaps that's the demon. We don't know. 
so it's this, it's, um, what was that girl's name? The Holocaust survivor? It's her box. Havala. Havala. This mm-hmm. is her box. That she purchased in Spain. That's specifically pretty haunted. Mm-hmm. But people okay. try to use other books. Because you more said than one. Wait, oh, okay. Paranormal Lockdown, did I cut you off on that? I don't think so. Oh, okay. There are multiple Dybbuk boxes that are supposedly man haunted. Has coined the phrase. Oh, after okay. His experience. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. So, so they do. So, did like one dude make all the Dybbuk boxes and he like fucked them all up? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why this specific I, type. I think it's I more so like this type of wine cabinet box. Mm-hmm. And like maybe more the, likely to be haunted, right? And maybe like the time period it was it was present in people's lives, right. and they you know they used exactly. it for a lot of things, and they're so attached to all of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this exact box was sold to a Missouri student at Truman State University. How much did they buy it for? That's a good cue. I don't know. Students have money these days. <laughs> I know. I mean, if we go back to Otto, the the Floridian artist, he came from from money. That's why he went to NYC in Paris. So maybe this was a this was a rich student. Student, we don't know. Or nobody wanted the box like everything else. Nobody yeah. wanted it anymore. But he claimed the student claims that the box caused lights to burn out in his house and his hair to fall out. <laughs> oh no! Well, that happens to some college boys. <laughs> Regardless of the Dybbuk boxes. I've seen it. And then someone else <laughs> claims with a different Dybbuk box that they developed strange health problems, including hives, coughing up blood, and then just welts all over their bodies. Oh. Maybe there's a Dybbuk box oh, somewhere in my house. Mm-hmm. Are you Jewish? It is, yeah. No. And <laughs> this person consulted with rabbis to try to figure out how to basically seal the Dybbuk in the box, like, keep that spirit it, away. Okay, it's called, the spirit's called a Dybbuk. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's, there's a lot of moving pieces here. a lot. This and box. as we do, this, this rabbi took the freshly resealed box and hid it at a secret location and he will not tell anybody. Well, good. This is the case. This is what we all end up doing. So maybe the first incident, something spooky happens with an object. Yeah. Bury that bitch and leave it be. Let's not pass it down. let me know where it is so I can dig it up and... And Kyle can ultimately get to her ghost life she's been wanting. Yeah. We'll see. I have a haunted object that is not in a secret place. (gasps) It is on display... (gasps) And it's part of the reason that this place is famous. I'm listening. Oh, no. Are you ready? This is a mirror at the Myrtles Plantation. Ugh, Myrtles. Which we're going to have to go to the Myrtles one day. I will go, and I will be terrified. Yeah. But, so there's this mirror. Um, So, Destination America... Yeah. Has this blog called The Hauntist, which has lots of facts and figures about haunted things. But that's how I found out about this mirror. I knew about the Myrtles, but I did not know about the mirror. Mm. So, it's in St. Francisville, Louisiana, and it first dates back, the plantation itself, first dates back to 1796 when it was established by General David Bradford, 
also known as Whiskey Dave to his friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whiskey Dave. At it again. Uh Uh-huh. And then um, it was passed down to his son-in-law, Judge Clark Woodruff, who lived there with his wife, Sarah. Oh, no. Yeah. Whiskey Dave had a judge son? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Whiskey Dave was a general. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And this was his son-in-law. Oh. Yeah. So Sarah was his daughter. So Sarah was his daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the Myrtles itself is considered to be one of the most haunted locations in the United States. I've heard it. Yeah. Due in large part to the horrific treatment of slaves housed in the land during its prime years of operation. Uh-uh. Yeah. Didn't didn't one, a slave get her ear cut off Ugh. or something Ooh, from listening? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I might yeah. be mixing stories. So, aside from the ghosts, there's also this mirror that everyone refers to as none other than the haunted mirror. I mean, what better name? Mirror, mirror. That on explains the wall. it. That describes it fully. So, show me when I'm going to fall. You guys. <laughs> According to the legend of this mirror, the spirits of Sarah Woodruff, along with two of her children, are permanently trapped inside of it as eternal punishment for their bad deeds. Their bad deeds. They what? they were slave owners. What they do to their slaves. I see maybe that's where that story of someone getting their ear cut off comes in. I think it is. I feel like, because that's one of the big ones I I remember as a kid hearing. Yeah. So these people were evil. That could be it. Well, they were, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's said that if visitors take pictures of the mirror, they'll be able to see the spirit's hands pressing back from the other side, as well as the outlines of their bodies. Weird. Into it. They can't get out, can they? Okay. Yeah, because it's punishment. I'm applauding that. Yeah, keep it up, bitch. Guests have also look at what you've done. Mm -hmm. That's true. Oh, okay. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Guests have also seen other entities in the mirror, such Mm. as the story from this guest. He says, "My wife surprised me with a trip to the beautiful and famous Myrtle's Plantation." I wish my wife would surprise me with that. But anyway, (laughs) I've waited so long to get there, and it didn't take long to experience the experience of a lifetime. It was in the main entrance, the large mirror to be exact, that the ghostly apparitions showed themselves to my camera. Our group was allowed to take pics of the mirror. So, for reference, there are only a few locations within the plantation that you can actually take photos of. Wow. The mirror is uh, one of them. Okay. It's all antique, so they're trying to preserve them. They don't want uh, flash photography. Yeah. Right. So, um, he says, while taking photos, I noticed the brand new digital camera with brand new batteries started taking photos on its own at times. Weird. Well, yeah. Crazy. Then camera. the camera started showing signs of batteries getting low on energy. I didn't think much of it. Of course, I didn't expect anything strange to happen from my first ghost trip. Eventually, our trip was over, and we <laughs> ghost trip. <laughs> eventually, eventually, our trip was over, and we went back to Houston. Houston. H-Town. Represent. Yeah. I was born there. So, <laughs> it wasn't until a few days later that we went through the pics and noticed that some frames down, there were pics taken from out of the blue, the ones by the camera itself, that were very distorted. The next frame shows white plasma thro- flowing through the pic. No. I love how he keeps calling it pics. 
<laughs> but was white class. Abri- abbreviate where you can, you know. <laughs> but the greatest pick taken was that <laughs> of the images of people in the mirror. When looking in the very middle, there is a white man standing there in a suit. On the right side of him, standing in side view, is a black woman in a blue dress with a blue bonnet on her head. On the left side of the man, in the middle, is a man in a white shirt, only buttoned halfway up. Hmm. Interesting. That's whiskey this Dave. Is, it's all very... <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a little hot. His whiskey ways. His whiskey yeah. ways. And then he says, over the man in the middle shoulder is an image of a woman's head, just the head. My kids have seen others also in the photos, probably a total of seven or eight figures, depending on how clear their computer monitor is, the lighting, when they adjust the settings on the monitor, etc. So I've shown the pics to friends and family, and they are amazed, some skeptical, but I know that what I have on those pics is real. That was and probably will be the most exciting birthday gift ever. I am a true believer now. Aww. Yeah. How exciting for you, mister. I don't know. Pretty spooky. I'm into it. I want to go, and I want to see if we see them. I want to take take a a pic. a bunch of pictures. I'll take 20 pics, at least. A million. Pics. I will... Yeah. Pics. No photos, just pics, please. Just pics, yeah. The truth is in the pics. (laughs) That's what they say. That was a very spooky time. I don't think I'm going to mess with, except for Myrtle's, obviously, with any of them. What about the dress? Do we want to talk about the we dress? We love the dress. Do we? I want to hear okay. about the dress. Okay, the dress is okay. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it is still around. It is one of the oh. items that is still um, available to be seen. They didn't hide it. They didn't bury it. No, it's in Pennsylvania. Deep inside the historic Baker Mansion. Oh, my lord. Yes. <laughs> Built in 1848. Um, it was home to the Baker family, specifically a little girl named Anna Baker. Mm. Uh-huh. Anna Baker. Anna, Anna Baker's dad, Elias Baker, he was a wealthy iron man. <laughs> can't talk. <laughs> iron master in Pennsylvania. He was Iron Man. <laughs> iron Man. He was Iron Man. Which maybe he was. In <laughs> um, he he bought the place and lived in it with his wife and his two other kids. And in the house they had Anna. He um, and then later a fourth child, but she ended up dying. So Rip. sad. Yeah. At the age of two. Oh, I know. But Mr. Baker was kind of like a um, cocky, cocky bastard, little bastard. He was like Whiskey Dave. He was Whiskey Dave. He was Little Bastard, Mm -hmm. the car, Mm -hmm. you know. He was all the event. Um, He was a domineering man. And apparently when his daughter, Anna, finally grew up and fell in love and wanted to marry this lovely little iron worker... Dad said no. Why? Because he's a bastard. He wasn't having any of it. And so she was like, whatever. Like, I'm going to convince you. I'm in love. She bought a wedding dress. She thought it was going to work. And it never did. He never changed his mind. Anna was a stubborn woman, so she never got married. She Mm. stuck to her guns with this iron man who probably ended up marrying somebody and having kids. And Anna went a little crazy. 
said that she, uh, before she died, she was, um, she used to dance alone in her room in the dress for uh, at night for hours. Well. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So poor girl ended up dying, unmarried, went insane. Did she still live at her parents' house? Like, at this? Yeah. Oh. It was just a sad life. Rough. Eventually, the dress was sold off to an Elizabeth Bell, a wealthy woman who once mocked Anna about <gasps> not getting married. Wow, bitch. Yes. Creepy. She was the daughter of a wealthy man named Edward Bell who gave his name to the neighboring town of Bellwood. So they were, you know, high-class citizens at the time. But, um, so this betrayal of her wearing the dress may be why mm. it turned crazy like she entered it then it turned crazy. and she was like that's this is not your dress dude this is my dress <laughs> <laughs> so um after i mean nothing happened to elizabeth but they ended up putting that we know of. The, yeah that we know of maybe she just didn't report it cause she was ashamed she she probably had the worst wedding night maybe threw up or something oh that's gonna be <laughs> me on my wedding night <laughs> So, the dress now remains in the mansion, in Anna's old room, behind a glass case, and visitors have claimed to see all sorts of strange happenings. They say the dress shakes violently back and forth. Ew. And it tends to happen around a full moon or, like, Halloween. Um, one time... It's, it was sitting in front... This girl was sitting in front of a mirror where... They saw a woman looking at them creepily, and the dress all of a sudden disappeared. What? Yeah. Where did it go? I don't know. How? Behind the glass case? I don't know. It was just gone? And then the visitors told the tour guide that the woman that was in the mirror had the dress on and was dancing in it. Mm -mm. Ew. Yeah, isn't that weird? This is like your haunted outfits. (laughs) <laughs> for sure oh, shoot guys put them all on display <laughs> but yeah so go go check it out you know check out the dress at the Damn. Pennsylvania the mansion Pennsylvania. the Baker mansion wow poor Anna okay guys this is the last one it's a listener story <gasps> yes. and it, it, it ends with what I think could be a haunted object so that's why I wanted to include it this week Cool. Are you ready? I'm pumped. I okay. want I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. So she says, hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> we love her already. Yeah. My name is Mariah, or Raya for short. I was just introduced to your podcast by another one I listened to religious, religiously. Ugh. Why are we having trouble tonight? I don't know. Paranormal. That's the <laughs> podcast. Paranormal. Shout out to the Paranormal podcast. That's what it's called? Paranormal. Yeah. Cool. Just plain and simple. We love it. What do, baby? Yeah. I decided to give yours a try, and I'm in love. All caps. We love you, too. I know that you wanted to hear some creepy stories, so here is all I got. I apologize for it being so long, but I'm just so excited. (laughs) So, it starts out with a pretty rough one. Oh, shoot. Okay. But there's a bright spot. Okay. So she says, my five-year-old cousin was diagnosed with a stage four brain tumor. Uh Unfortunately, after an eight-month battle with it, she passed away. But her spirit is still here because when I went to visit her and sit, or visit her grave and sit and speak with her, a butterfly landed on the headstone. Yep. As I was walking to my car to leave, the butterfly circled me (gasps) three times. 
landed on my hand, Aww. and as I was opening my door to my car, it circled the car three times. That makes me want to oh. cry. Yeah, so I think that could have that been... That was totally oh. her. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that... Those I who have passed can show themselves in small ways yeah. like that. I thought people she would definitely be a butterfly after they have died. Yeah, oh, that's ways. so yeah. wonderful. And oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's. I mean, for sure, that's a lot to deal with in the moment. But like then to know that their presence is still there, it's yeah. comforting. Yeah, I think yeah. so. She has a lot of family members who I think are still here for her, which good. Yeah. Very cool. So she says. So let me fast forward a bit. It started with my grandmother. Oh, so this wasn't the first, or this was. I, it's unclear. Wait, yeah. But anyway, so in 2013, I met my first ever love of my life boyfriend at the same time that my grandma was passing from Crohn's disease. She was slipping very fast and soon lost all motor skills to the point where she was unable to talk. The only name she ever called out was mine. Mm-hmm. A few days before she passed, she met my now ex. He didn't speak to her. He literally just walked into her room with me, and my grandma called me over to her bedside and whispered in my ear, he's special, and pointed to him. <gasps> Weird. His eyes got so wide, and I, of course, started crying. He stayed the night at my house a few days later. I have a weird phobia where I have to shut every door or window that's in my room, so around 10.30, I shut my closet doors, my bathroom door, locked and shut my window and the door that leads to the hallway, and turned the light off and crawled into bed. I get that, because I have to shut and lock mm-hmm. our bedroom door, and Steve thinks it's really weird, but... I have certain routines. It's too. not. Yeah. Everyone has their routines. Mm-hmm. So she's in bed. Around 5.15 the next morning, I woke up drenched in a cold sweat and noticed all of my doors were flung open, oh, my God. window was open, and the lights were turned on. Curious. Uh, I would be like, the night stalker is here. Yeah. <laughs> I got out of... Annie, get your gun. <laughs> I got out of bed and noticed a hanger in my closet still swaying back and forth. The shirt on it was the one that I had custom made because I knew my grandma was getting ready to pass. It read, my grandma is my guardian angel. Weird. Yeah. She says, to this day, when I go to her grave and sit and talk to her, I can see her presence, or I can feel her presence standing behind me with one hand on my right shoulder. And just be like, next time, grandma. Yeah. Do it a little subtle, a yeah. little more subtle, you know? Yeah. You don't have to swing everything you don't, open. You Just don't like have one to. Door, maybe. One door would get my attention yeah. for sure because I the close lights. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> she loves the drama though. I support it. That's fine. It. She, it was the first time she was like, I'm here! Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now we know. And now we know. So next time, it's cool. Yeah. She says in March of 2014, she was in a pretty serious car accident. Oh. Where she ping ponged across the highway <gasps> in the snow. Oh my God. She actually broke the right side of her face. No. Jesus. Yeah. She said, during me sliding across the highway, I felt a presence hold my chest against the seat, but nothing holding my head, hence why it resulted in my face being broken. So maybe well, that was your grandma, too. But she could have been saved. Uh, I know. Yeah. I'm glad you're okay. So. No. I am, too. This is. Oh, no. There's one more. And then the haunted object. She's got a lot. Mariah's got a lot going on. She's just a medium. Yeah, she's she's got something going on. So, this most recent experience happened a couple of days ago in my house. Not to me, but to my grandpa, who also lives, they live in the same house. Mm. And he has sleep apnea. So, one night, do you guys know what sleep apnea is? Yeah. You basically stop breathing, so it, it, it... yeah. Oh, <laughs> you basically stop breathing, so it wakes you up, and then a lot of people have these machines. Right, okay, I've seen so, people with yeah. yeah. So, her grandfather 
has sleep apnea. Is this the one that was married to the one who's passed and has been presenting herself? That it doesn't say, but... Okay. Perhaps. I might assume. I might assume. Mariah, let us know. Yeah. So, uh, one night he had gotten up out of bed to use a restroom and then forgot to put his sleep apnea machine back on. A few hours go by and he wakes up to someone yelling, Roland, which is his name. He said it was so clear that he responded yes and then looked to see a figure standing next to his machine. That same afternoon, I was watching a show on TV and I had Lexi, my 10-month-old pit bull. Oh, Aww. my God. We love her. Um, laying on the couch with me, suddenly the hair on the back of her neck was standing up and she was growling at my grandmother clock, defensive and snarling. <gasps> I've never seen her do this, so it freaked me out. I just held her and rubbed her head to try and calm her down. She wouldn't let me get up off the couch or go near the clock, and now her hair still stands up every time she walks by it. Yeah. Oh, that is something. That makes sure. me wonder. Get rid of the clock. So I, I asked her, like, how old is this clock? What's the deal with this clock? And it's been in her family for a while. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if maybe someone has attached themselves to the clock in some way. Right. And Lexi just doesn't know who that is. True. Mm-hmm. True. I don't think it's grandma. I, yeah, I don't know. To bring that kind of reaction. But it is a pup. Yeah, pups and they pups get are confused. They just don't know. Right. Mm. So I really want to know if uh Roland grandpa was the husband. To the grandma. Yeah. I, maybe that's Because that would make name. sense to me for her to be like, Roland. Yeah. Put on the <laughs> machine, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she says, I'm sorry this is so long, but I wanted you to know the full experience. Much love for you and your podcast, Mariah. Aww. Thanks, Mariah. We loved it, angel. Mariah. And, like, so cool. You have so many ghosts around so you. So many experiences. And they love you. She had a few others, but those those were the ones that really stood out to me, mm-hmm. and I thought wow. we had to know I about. I that. Thank yeah. you for sharing. And you know what? Let us know what else happens. Keep sending those stories, yes. Mariah. And Mariah's friends and everybody else. We want your stories. Mariah, tell me if Grandpa's married to Grandma. Yes, we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can if <laughs> you can email your stories to us at thegoldengoalspodcast at gmail.com. Or I think Mariah actually hit us up on Instagram first. Cool. You can do that. You can hit us up on Twitter. It's going to be at thegoldengoals, Facebook. Yeah, we got we don't Facebook. Care page and we've got a group, a group where people pops off people have there. been telling us places they want to see us go someone really wants us to go to jefferson texas which my mom wow. said she has been there but they have not stayed in the supposedly haunted hotel let's do it so Into we it. might have to go there it's yeah. hard to say let and, us know uh, keep your ears out for the next episode to find out where we're gonna go yeah we're going on a spooky trip very soon yeah. september 1st to the 3rd we're going somewhere spooky you'll find Ooh. out on the next one so keep your ears to the tune to, to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and until next time stay spooky Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, it's hot. It's so hot.